0: Hello, and welcome to the Lumiere Cinema Podcast. My name is Peter Ambrosio, and I'm one of the co-owners of uh, Lumiere Cinema, and I am joined by...
1: Wow well, Timo. I'm Timo. I run the concession stand. Hello.
0: And he does the internet stuff. Come on, now. Well, I, don't,
1: I don't talk about the internet. I don't <laughs> like to talk about cell phones. I don't like to talk about the internet.
0: So, uh, yes. get that
1: right now. in okay. public, Peter Ambrosio.
0: Okay, all right. Just everybody calm down. Um so uh we're doing this series of of podcast episodes about films that are streaming uh, during during uh, the the shutdown uh, because of the coronavirus. So um, this week we're not supposed to talk about that. Remember, okay, there's a lot of we're not supposed to. We don't talk about with you anyway. So um, uh, this week we are talking about the hired hand, which is uh, from 1971, uh, directed by Peter
1: Fonda, and Peter Fonda, the limey. And so. Oh, you
0: know, he's
1: not the limy, but He's in the limy. He's great in the limy, but he's all great right. in this. Wait, too.
0: hold. Can you just can you just settle down for a second? You're just you're shot out of a cannon here. Hold on. So the film is available streaming on Tubi, T U B I, <laughs> and that is a streaming platform that has ads in it. So fair warning, but it's free. So you can watch it for free on Tubi. It's also, I think, playing on Stars, uh, on demand. So if you have Stars, you can watch it there too. Um so we're we're highlighting movies that are that are available streaming that that I think are are worth watching. Now um a a point of contention here I guess again second week in a row we have a point of contention because Timo apparently has issues with this movie. He doesn't like this movie. He doesn't think it's all that good or I don't know what,
1: but uh let's oh? let's, let's,
0: let's let's let him let's let him talk about it. What is what do you have to say?
1: Well, it's a, it's a movie. It's definitely a movie. Uh, Peter Fonda's uh, directorial debut, uh, the guy came out of Easy Rider. In my feeling watching it, this is like this is the first time I'm watching it. I tried watching it before. It didn't work. Um, I'm watching it, and I'm, I'm thinking Dennis Hopper should have directed this because the 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 transitions are a little awkward throughout the whole thing. Like, that... that Whole Dennis Hopper thing faded away when the woman showed up. When when uh, you know when the when the conflict between him and, and well, actually when the woman's introduced because the conflict is introduced beforehand. And I didn't I didn't care for some reason. Um, Wait, what but conflict? It got it got good when the woman shows up and or when he shows up at the house and it turns out uh, you know he's there for his for you know for his return. That's when it got interesting for me, and what, that's when I started engaging with the film.
0: What conflict? Guess, you, were you, what just you mentioning? Coming? What conflict? When you said conflict, what were you talking about?
1: Uh, well, uh, the plot basically when it really kicks off, you know, it's, no, it's specifically, what I'm talking. But tell I me think.
0: what conflict when you say that? What do you
1: mean? Um, if In I, I could remember her
0: name. Oh okay. uh, yeah, so just the fact that he left wife, her and character. she's coming he's coming back, that's the conflict, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Here's you, you coming with the details because I'm fuzzy on'. Them. I thought you might be referring to
0: the the violent conflict involving the guy killing uh the friend and all of that, so let me Should we have said spoilers by now or uh Listen, people. It says it in all the release stuff that they should watch the movie before. That explicit
1: when if they hit the play button. It's gonna be yeah, like they If you're if you're, watch,
0: if you're if you're not watching the movies, I don't think this really has any value anyway. In my opinion.
1: No, but this could be a, an introduction for people. You know, this could be something where like they've never seen this movie before, and they maybe you know we don't want to spoil anything for them. We'll just you know make them curious about it. So far, I mean, hopefully, we haven't spoiled anything. It no, is. No, it that's is. that's not how I work. Opinion, you cannot talk okay, about wait, a movie. Let's go back to the question, then. Let's go back to I the cannot question of how to talk about a movie, about movie. Like unless movie. you spoil
0: the whole movie because the end of the movie is just as important as the well, beginning of That's the of thing. The movie. Like, this is you kind are of driving party. me crazy, no, right? Hold, how how hold on, hold on, hold on. First off, first off, number one, this, this is one of the greatest openings in the history of cinema. This movie announces itself. It
1: does, right? As a masterpiece.
0: From the word go, so it's insane to say it doesn't get good until the woman gets it gets bit's better than almost any
1: movie ever wait, made wait, in wait, the first. Wait, wait. Shot. you're picking up the energy too soon, man. Let, you're driving let, me crazy because
0: everything you said about the movie is so wrong <laughs> and bad and off base. You know what's a? Wait, perfect are you example. yelling at me because of you know, because I a- didn't? No, because because you described the movie. It's a perfect. This a perfect example of uh, of. See, okay. So you were talking about the lighthouse <laughs> and how how amazing the lighthouse is. This is exactly wait, the wait, movie. Wait, wait, wait. Let's
1: not talk about the lighthouse yet. We no, haven't no, talked about. No, hold on. Hold on. We should do on. that in another time. All Hang right, on. go. Because the lighthouse,
0: on, the lighthouse, is an example of a movie. That has all these visual fireworks and psychedelic stuff, and it's and it's.
1: Oh, you're putting it
0: down. And it doesn't. No, no, that stuff is well done and it's cool. No, but it's, it's only, not in your tone of voice, man. It's only cool. This movie, the oh, psychedelic uh, no, stuff,
1: is no. actually about. I something. wish you could retract that, but you've already spoken. It's. it's we should actually, talk about life another time. This is. We know, there, I don't have much to say about the lighthouse.
0: lighthouse. I have a lot to say about the hired hand. <laughs> because remember Clearly. so the film so what the film is doing, what's really beautiful about the opening shot is this opening image of this man in water. And so you have this sort of baptism no, 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 idea. No,
1: no, no. You starts, have this birth okay, let's, idea. Let's be clear. Hold on a second, let's be clear. It starts with the universal logo and then it goes straight to this ocean with a man in it, right? Splashing.
0: Yeah. And the title card doesn't come up till the end of the movie, which you know that those are the best movies, Um, right? So, but the thing about yeah, and and actually, I was gonna say when I was watching the when I was rewatching the movie for this, the most shocking thing about this is that a major motion picture studio in Universal funded what is really a a. Uncompromising work of art. I mean, it's like the the the, the 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 parts of it that you don't like are the art, artistry at work. And and for instance, Vilmos Zsigmond's work here is better than McCabe and Miss Miller. Uh, Let's be clear
1: who that is. That's the cinematographer, that's the cinematographer
0: right? right? It's the it's better than anything Roger Deakins ever did. This is some of the best cinematography you will ever see. This is like, it's, this cinematography...
1: cinematography. I don't know if you, it's comparable to because, Roger Deakins, man. It, the work because, is just in a different time, you know? The, no, the no, 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 no. But it's
0: about, it's about right. using images to tell a story. And what this
1: does is this goes yeah, beyond... Look, look, sometimes the camera stutters. Like, sometimes there's a shot where he's panning, and then it's like, it kind of stutters a little bit. I have to say it's a hindrance of the times, you know? The, the tripod was probably a little funky, and he couldn't... Roger Deakins has the ability to make smoother transitions, which... People interpret differently than when you know the camera kind of stumbles and you're like, oh, what is this? A Jim Jarmusch movie? You know, like if that. Not that I would think that, but that's the implication I think for for other people. And this is me projecting. I probably. What I like but, about I mean,
0: what you know. I like about this this situation is that if I had done this, I could have done this podcast alone and just explained uh, hired hand. But I do like that you are fully getting in the way of how brilliant this movie is because it's a much more interesting podcast that way. But it's like, you're just the stunning wrongness of everything you're saying is so wonderful to me that a human being could get, like could watch a movie that is such a high level film, a a film fan such as yourself could watch a movie that's such a high level that, that eclipses many of the great, you know, films that are supposedly great. This movie is, it, you know, and it's also interesting to me that, you know, it's really, it's a film straight out of the psychedelic era and it's one of the most successful psychedelic films ever made. That
1: it is. I agree with you on that one. Because I, it's, this, yeah.
0: it's this seemingly drifty thing, which really, because when you watch the film and there are all those transitional periods, which are, you know, those transitional montages, which are so beautiful and brilliant, that what it's doing that I think is really amazing is that this is a film... About, I would say, uh, planes of reality. That there are these different planes of reality that we're talking about, and it's actually something that Francis Ford Coppola he wanted to do it with movies. And I actually haven't seen uh, the Cotton Club or his recut of the Cotton Club, but like a big part of that opening scene. Wait, film, what's the cotton Club? It's a Francis Ford Coppola movie from 1984. But the the. And was about? it's about the cotton club but no no, but it's not important the the the, mm-hmm. the it's it's apocalypse now has all of those fading over overlaid images and the hired hand you know they 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 do a similar thing but hired hand is doing a much more interesting thing in my opinion
1: yeah um, but because... has overlapping images too you know you can't compare them just to like other great artists on your opinion you know um, wait wait was, whoa I, Timo, wait just to Timo. be clear i think I, I was born to get in the way of like people's claiming greatness to so things stop, that i don't stop, think because i'm not
0: done with my point Probably my point is go. is what this movie is doing with overlaying images is it's talking if you look at the plot of this movie you have the young man mm-hmm. who's who invents this whole life for himself out in california then he's killed you have this guy who's going to go back to his work. oh wait that's
1: the what? The, we're, we're talking about the, the cinematography and the editing gets in the way of the cinematography. No, the no, no,
0: no, no, no. editing and the, in the, the cinematography is is explaining and to you the when, beauty of this when plot. When his buddy and Warren Oates
1: is trapped, right? When his buddy Warren Oates is trapped at that place and he has to go, and his wife is telling him, no, don't go, you know, you're never going to come back. And he's like, I have to go. You know I'm going to come back. And then he leaves right on the horse. And it transitions weirdly from her face, it pauses there, and I'm just like, I already get it. Like, you don't have to, like, persist with the idea. This is, again, probably where I would think Dennis Hopper would have edited it a little weird. Easy and Rider I think, you know, is
0: not as good a movie as... I don't even like Easy Rider. <laughs> Dennis Hopper look, is I'm not... I'm not saying I've even seen not Easy Rider. One, I've only not seen the tr- one look. one millionth the director. Based upon this no, movie, look, this, is that, opinion, this is just my opinion, man. This is I know, this. but I'm just trying to explain how stunningly <laughs> wrong you are about how good because stunningly. all of that all of that awkwardness, all of that weirdness, that's the art. That's where the artistic beauty of this film is. Is that, is that it's unorthodox. It doesn't care about your preconceived notions about what A movie should look like or be this is a this is a film that is itself and doesn't care about you but it also tells a very relatable very because that's the thing about this film that's so amazing is that all the characters in the 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 center of the plot are well-intentioned but it's still tragic and that's always that's always a a really big asset for a tragedy tragedy is when everybody gets along and does the right thing, but it still ends up being a tragic film. I think that's one of the problems I have with with certain Shakespearean tragedies is you have these kind of characters who are making these dumb decisions and who are irrational and want bad things. But that's not what's going on in The Hired Hand. In The Hired Hand, everybody is accommodating each other. Like Warren Oates leaves because he's in love with the wife and she convinces Peter Fonda that he should leave because she's in love with Warren Oates. And so you have this amazingly beautiful... Wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Backtrack a little bit because that's not where I agree. That's where I'm, like, fuzzy a little bit. Scale it back to the Warren Oates thing, unless you have a more further point to point out. Well, because
0: what I was going to say about all of those overlapping images is unlike in Apocalypse Now uh, or other films that do it, I'm not talking about any film that do it, I'm I'm talking about that that Francis Ford Coppola talked about overlaying images being a thing that he was trying to push cinema further with. And here we have this idea of multiple planes of, of, of existence. And so you have this young man talking about California, and that plane of existence is cut short. He never lives that life. He never even lives the failure of that life because he's killed. And that's what the overlaying images is about. It's about the same thing of who is the hired hand in this film. At first, it's Peter Fonda. Then it's Warren Oates, and so you have these different planes of who the hired hand is. Who is the the man she's in love with? For a second there, it's it's Warren Oates. Then it becomes Peter Fonda. Then it becomes I don't think then it Warren was love Oates because takes...
1: already established that uh, he uh, that, that she could have slept with anybody because she was still in that mode of like he she was alone. You know, I don't think she wanted Warren Oates. I think she was testing herself, and that's why Warren Oates points out to her. You know, you should probably ask yourself, too, you know, what it is you want. Remember that that was, like, the la- probably the last line in their dialogue. Like, that was a main thing. I don't think she fell in love with Warren Oates. I thought they could be a couple, and, like, I was like, oh, that's that's going to be a couple right there. There's going to be conflict there. And then I thought, by you know, when Henry, when uh, Peter Fonda, uh, you know, struts into town with, with, on his horse, that, you know, he, it, it was going to be a different thing until the shootout and all that, and then... It went back to like, well, the ending was what I assumed it was going to be. When that happened, it was like, oh, the, it's going to be Warren Oates. This is mainly because, for me personally, Warren Oates was the thing that like keeps the movie interesting for me throughout the whole thing. When he decided to leave town and he like left the screen, I was disappointed. I was like, oh, there, oh, Warren Oates, man, he should have been with her. You know, that's what made me like. That's when the movie was established for me as a thing. I like, guess a really great movie, but that beginning part, I wasn't interested. I didn't care that one guy yeah, looked because, like uh, because a, you're not in this second. movie. Let me try to forget my point. Okay, this, that one guy looked like a cheap version of of uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus, who's the guy in the Goodbye Girl. Richard Dreyfus. That's Richard Dreyfus. So he looked like a cheap version of Richard Dreyfus. He pulled me out of the movie. I couldn't get into it because he was in the first ten minutes or something like that. Because of him, he kept getting in the way, cheap? but what Oates kept sense is he kept pulling me back in, you know. Warren Oates, like like Pacino, he pulled me back in, man. He, he in was what such sense a good actor. He's in what sense is that player guy in this... cheap?
0: Explain to me why that guy is cheap.
1: Oh, I, just because I thought he was Richard Trey, It's a silly reason. It's a, it's a silly reason, because, again, this is the first time watching this film. I haven't, like, you know. Analyzed it or whatever. The um, moment, the first, it looked like Richard like and I was, I was talking to myself throughout the movie. Is that Richard Dreyfus? That looks like Richard Dreyfus. And then they got to the close up, and they, like, oh, that's not Richard Dreyfus, but it could be Richard Dreyfus. I, his act, I don't know, so something about the film at that point. I didn't care about the characters, and well, going into the movie, the first shot, i since I started trying to watch this movie before. The first shot pulled me out of it because I just wasn't in the mood to like watch something this like arty. Um, I have to be in like a certain head state. So this time I was like, oh, this is homework. I gotta watch it. And I've been wanting to like, watch it because certain movies I feel like I could watch them in the right mood. And I was in the right mood this time, so I was like, oh, this opening shot, which you think is great, I think is probably this is probably helping your point. The opening shot established for me the pace of the film. I was like, oh, this shot is probably implying to me that this movie is gonna be harsh. And then when he gets out of the pool, out of the water, and he falls, that's the only snare hit in the soundtrack, which I thought was amazing, by the way, throughout the movie. But very minimal. I thought it was very, like, Jandek. You know, it was very good. But he, uh, but that's the only snare hit. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's probably going to die. And I, for some reason, until just now, I didn't connect that, that thought to him actually dying in the movie. Because I just didn't care about the character. I was too pulled out of it you know certain movies are good because they can convince me even if they're bad movies. they can convince me to get into the plot because I, I don't know no, no, the no, establishment no. see, see that's, that's your problem this movie right was there. like
0: that's presenting itself as serious
1: right and i was there. like okay I'm, you know i get it but throughout the film man I'm, t- I'm i'm gonna insist on this point the editing keeps it from being a brilliant film, the way you're selling it. The a great is film. The editing is what makes it brilliant. Film, a very good movie. The editing but is I don't what think, makes
0: it like, brilliant. Art, you know? The editing is what makes it brilliant. This film is brilliant because of the editing. That's You're saying, but, but you're like a studio executive.
1: It's not, wait, wait, wait. But let me, is it not the editing compounded with the... Cinematography, because maybe it's the cinematography you're loving, you know? No, it's
0: the editing. It's the overlapping of images. It's the way the scenes end. It's the way it cuts to these, like, like that shot where he's building the windmill and the it cuts, for, like, sort of abruptly to that handheld shot or whatever. I don't even know how they did it. Where he's fixing the windmill, a, but it's like a POV. <laughs> like the stuff. I'm pretty in the sure it's film, handheld. It looked
1: like it was sticky, Yeah.
0: The film, the, the 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 feel of the editing, the way it's paced, the way it's. It's announcing itself as an uncompromising work of art immediately. Is like that's the thing. Is I think you came into this movie. I I hear an arrogance where you're like acting like you're better than. No, this movie.
1: I, I think it's the story. I, no, it might be a misinterpretation of terms because it feels like I think the story was the thing that. But imp- I'm trying to explain. That to Made the window scene all the more interesting. What? I don't think it was the editing necessarily. What I'm trying to explain to you. Yep.
0: What I'm trying to explain to you is is if you don't if you watch the first shot and don't aren't immediately like i will watch this for 3 hours like this is already brilliant and i need to know what is going to happen in this movie then for me it's like you just you what's wrong with your taste you got to figure out your taste because if that's not what you're i'm i, I yearn every time i open the a movie opening opens, shot every
1: time you know a the movie opening opens shot told I me I, to the opening shot told me this is jaws this guy is being attacked by a shark that's what it told me it told it me it's no like sense. this is that makes no sense. You're watching water, and you're watching a human being flailing. How is that not Jaws' opening scene, you know? I I mean, I, I you know, I'll, I'll this grant is ridiculous. you that. You don't
0: even know run, how to read the image. The you don't even know how to read the image. You see a guy eating by Listen, a shark. I, I read the image. I'm, I see a I, I don't even know I if I know a, how to read an image, birth. but I definitely read this the is, image. Is, that's what God. I interpreted,
1: man. I'm, t- I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just telling you I'm... I've got an opinion, that this is what it is. You know, I'm not telling you I'm right, at all. Yeah, ju-
0: no. What, but I'm just trying to explain this. Like the the, the idea <laughs> that you're like, p-
1: p- oh man. Expressing. But then the yelling voice I get scared. I start. I I have to, you know, crawl back into over here. Well, to my notebook. the thing is, it's,
0: it's such an interesting movie. It's such a brilliant film. It's such a film of such power and grace, and the storytelling, the way that the, the story develops, the way the film, and that's something that's interesting that you noted is that, that that drifty overlap of images goes away in the middle section of the film for a very particular reason. Because the film settles in to a set reality there for a little bit. That, that well, characters it like aren't a television living. Story what?
1: Told in a film form, and I think if a lot of the scenes felt like they were like just stretching time, you know? I mean, not that they weren't good, well-shot scenes, it's just the story was more interesting to me than the... I don't know than, than the, the film, you know. The film, I don't know certain elevates certain an movie already great story. Really good, and so or like even two star, or one star. You know what? The the room I like, and it's a one star film, but it's the story that kind of like. Well, that's actually that's a bad example because it's more than that. But, you know, this this didn't feel like a great film. It felt like but a it's good so film. But you know? it's so
0: interesting to me that you would watch a movie like The Lighthouse, which is an inch deep and just does a bunch of visual fireworks. That's why I'm upset is because this is a film where the right, visual was, fireworks... Right, well, The Lighthouse is a
1: different story because it's kind of like it falls in line with that with that film I just mentioned, not to mention also Gummo. It's kind of like a different film. And that's what makes this one, too, a little weird because it's... It, and I don't know if you you agree with it. Is it an arty film? I feel like it's an arty film. The, See, so the, the first film, shot establishes the, the, that what
0: what this film has is this film has two things this film has it's this very straightforward narrative right that's very clear and we know what happens in the narrative yeah
1: I, okay well
0: and, the, and layered right. on top of that We have a film that a style that is made that takes the takes the narrative and elevates to it to a meditative cosmic level because it would have been very easy to just shoot this screenplay as is and it would have been a decent movie. It would have been a really good movie because it's a very good screenplay.
1: But Um, instead, theoretically, as directed by who? Oh, uh, like, like uh,
0: uh, uh, William Friedkind or somebody who does normal movies that doesn't take really bold risks. I'm talking about okay. the fact that Peter Fonda made a movie where he just said, you know what? I'm smoking a lot of marijuana. Let's just, <laughs> let's let Vilmos do some stuff he probably wasn't allowed to do with other filmmakers.
1: And, and... Wait, no, no I'm sorry. Finish your point and then I got a question.
0: Um, so, like, to me... If you, if you watch a film like The Lighthouse and, and, and discuss it like it's so mind-blowing or great or whatever, that's fine. I have no problem with that. The, you you can love that movie. But then, okay. then, to dismiss this movie for the very things that... Lighthouse is lacking, in my opinion. That's where I'm just well, like, what? Where are you even coming
1: from? do makes no sense. I'm bringing up the lighthouse, man. You know, no, we because it indicates, it indicates unless we have a full hour to discuss the lighthouse. There's elements to the lighthouse. No, I'm not interest, talking about the lighthouse. I'm not talking about the lighthouse.
0: I'm not talking about the lighthouse. You're talking, talking about the lighthouse. About, no, I'm talking about. I'm talking about your critiques of the hired hand are bizarre in the sense that they're,
1: they're, it's like, well, wait, what? The Lighthouse Isn't is, is- everybody's is, opinion bizarre? I mean, come on. Who has the same opinion as someone else? Everybody has a nuanced opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't even yes. think I'm
0: arguing. That's to, true. You, That's you know? true. That's true.
1: People do have fighting nuanced to make opinions. a opinions. No, what you're saying is- You know what is, I mean? Like everybody's argument is controversial if, if they're willing to put it out there. You're and saying I think with this podcast, we're going. We're willing to put it out there, man. You know, I could clap my hands, but I don't want to. I don't want to get carried away. Go no, ahead. but
0: you're just saying basic things about the movie that are just like, wait, "What? How, are we watching the same
1: movie? You're talking about the, the we strengths. We are watching of the, movie. the same movie. We're talking about the same film. You're talking it's just about the strengths of the different ways about film. it? Okay, wait. Let's start with when was the first time you saw this film?
0: Like two years ago, maybe a year ago. Really? Yeah.
1: Really recently. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds rather, rather How did you feel when you first saw it? Like, did you? Had, you how did you hear about it? The second
0: the movie began, I was like, "Holy shit! This movie is incredible!" I can't believe nobody. Ta- I can't believe that I've been hearing my whole adult life, even before that, that McCabe and Miss Miller is like the perfect revisionist western.
1: That's another one we should talk about. Yeah, I felt like watching that one because that's another Western I didn't get. It does I have not. To watch
0: again. McCabe and Miss Miller doesn't touch this movie. This movie is a film of such deep emotion, of such rich emotion, of such expressive beauty that I was like immediately, I was like, and that's the other thing is I recently watched The Passenger, the, the Antonioni picture. And All right. The, the, that movie had stuff in it where I thought, gee, I don't even know if we've made any progress in terms of the, the 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 cinematic art in the last 35 years because or 45 years because this film is doing stuff in in the past year that's so great and it's kind of similar with the hired the hand where it's like i watch it and i'm like nobody is trying to make images like this that are so so revolutionary and different and strange and images that we have to read that we really have to look at and think about as opposed to Easily digested ideas, you know, like that are that are just communicated, that are ready-made images. We're like, oh, okay, I know what that is, and I know what's going on here. This film plunges you into a sea of, of thematic richness and emotional just expressiveness That's unbelievable with that music and that light and the image of a man in water and then this other man is fishing and you're like what am I watching what is this it immediately conjures questions that are at such a high level of craft that you know most you know of what the time I thought?
1: What? you know what I thought when I was watching the last movie on Canopy by the way it's on Canopy probably still Dennis Hopper's movie, the last movie. What I thought when I watched that movie, it was engaging as hell. I thought all those thoughts you're thinking about this film. And it's probably what implied my thinking of, of, of like, this movie should have been directed based on that movie and not Easy Rider. I have never seen Easy Rider in my life. I've only seen, like, trailers and people talking about it. because of the, And I haven't seen it because I'm afraid of, like, it not meeting my expectations. It, it was the same as this. So, like a I new... started watching it Isn't because a new I was like, "This is I should watch it," and I couldn't get through it. I was like, "This is the wrong time." I stopped it. I watched something else. This time, I got through it, and you know what? It was worth it. But only when when his wife comes into the into the play. It was when he shows up at that porch, and and she's standing there that I was like, what is, like, this is when it started, like, my brain turned off, and the movie was taking in, and, you know, this is when I started, like, you know, getting engaged, which is why I discounted as a great film, that first part, the the part that would pull me out of the movie is not something I would recommend to other people, and something I could recommend to other people is something I would regard as, you know, a great film, as art, even, you know, because... For some reason I feel like art has to be accessible and if people have to get it, you no, know, no, no no
0: no no I don't that's know. Not wait, how it works this is
1: my interpretation, man. You don't have to tell me I'm wrong because no, I'm not sure insist- no, because you're spreading something
0: that should not be spread.
1: I think a you know, good movie is not accessible. A great movie is definitely accessible. It's the reason I think Roger Ebert is probably the dopest ever and I really miss that, man.
0: So I, I wanna know
1: what about this Marvel Universe, about all these like other movies that are coming out that I have no idea how to feel about because I can't even watch them uh, I don't know it it gets it gets
0: the problem deep. the problem is this is that I think that you're you're um you're talking about the fact that you watched this movie and you didn't know what to think about it, which
1: no, 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 I'm talking about the fact that the opening shot doesn't tell me. That it's a great film. That yeah. you were flabbergasted, floored by the opening shot Ugh. is a little different. Like it's, I can't imagine that. Like what floored you about because it? Because it's
0: new, it's different, it's a, it's an adventure. It's like I don't know what I am watching. I watch.
1: Wait, where you... does the opening shot begin and end for you?
0: It, well, it, that's that was another thing. It's like I don't even know if we're on the same shot. That's how good it is. I am like in. It's so dense. The, the, the opening is just bright light, sun right into the camera, and then as it tracks down... Oh, it's down, dense, all right. What?
1: No, I was trying to make a quip. I said, oh, it's dense, all right, but now I feel bad about it.
0: So the, the, the thing that you, that you seem to be like harping on is this idea that because you didn't know what to do with the first half hour of the film, and I agree with you, actually, in a certain <laughs> sense, which is that...
1: The, I don't the, know if it was the first half hour um well until the woman it comes might have been get, minutes, it's so
0: long so the yeah the but that's not that's not on the movie the movie can feel long it's not like just because it feels long to you doesn't that's like great movies can feel long sometimes that means right. it's a great movie because it feels long because right. the filmmaker is actually asking you to get out of your little bubble of being engaged by a movie and actually be like wait what am i actually watching So, like, to me, this idea that it's like, oh, okay, well, it's difficult. Yeah, sometimes art is difficult. And the thing that's great about this movie, in my opinion, is that it takes that that first layer where we're watching Mm -hmm. this, you know, visually different kind of film, and then it introduces the Verna Bloom character who has a couple of amazing monologues. I mean, some of the best monologues, you know. Yes. Yeah. That that in recent memory of of viewing memory – are are the the two monologues she has and the thing about the film is is that that's where it goes from not just being visually brilliant and and this sort of rare experimental you know genre movie but then it takes it to another level of actually having a great screenplay and actually having a screenplay that develops its characters and has rich you know uh, dialogue and and rich ideas that's not just the visual side of it because film
1: well, early, yeah. Of... Well, earlier you mentioned uh, Robert Altman's uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, and it feels like Robert Altman's a different director altogether, and that he would be, you know, encouraging uh, ad libbing and, and people just making up lines as they go. I forget what the word is. Have you but seen uh... this? Film, I, I saw like you, you know maybe you maybe what you got out of it was like this is a great script. I can hear everything going on, and I could see the writing is brilliant. Whereas with Robert Altman, I wouldn't even acknowledge the script, you know. Well, and you I knew
0: being a you know, that's neither here yeah. nor there for me. That's neither here nor there. It's it's because the, really? the, the problem with McCabe and Ms. Miller is that the 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 film ultimately for me is is kind of mawkish and sentimental at the end, and I'm like, wait, what? Are, this is that, that I, I I wasn't into that. In in the hired hand, I,
1: it's yeah. it's
0: okay. it's brutal. It's a brutal film, and it ends in a way that is very much. You know, leaning into that brutality, trying to find some hope there. And I think that the, the story just and the thematic full circle, you know, the idea of what who is the hired hand in the film and what that means is.
1: Wait, where, where did you in the in the middle of the film? Where did you think the hired hand was? Who did you think it was?
0: Well, that was the thing is, I, 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 you're, you're, you're deliberately confused by it, and that's what's really wonderful is that when he first gets, I mean, that's why it's such a great, great script as well as a great film, is that the script does this beautiful thing where at first you're, you, they get there and you're like, okay, Peter Fonda's going to try to forge this new life, then it twists right. it by kind of intimating that Warren Oates is a more fatherly figure, and by the way, it's a brilliant use of Warren Oates because he's generally, oh, dude, generally, Warren Oates is amazing. Well, he generally plays a kind of curmudgeon-y guy, right? He kind of plays the
1: dunce no. a little bit. No, uh what is it, Cheyenne Social Club? It, it reminded me of that, of the uh the Henry Fonda and uh, you know uh uh Jesus uh what's his name in um in that bunny film? Good lord. Bunny Link is missing. Uh James Stewart. You know, the friendship in that western was like akin to this one. I was like, oh, this guy's totally... Wait, the the conversation wait, they had when Warren? that when that, that other mean? guy who looks like Richard Dreyfuss was in the in, in, on the table, when uh, when he says, I can't go to California... Wait, and wait, Warren whoa, Oates, whoa, whoa, like, whoa. whoa hold, it, on, it,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, other... stop, 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 stop. Because you're... I...
1: I'm stopping. Go ahead.
0: I, I'm saying that Warren Oates usually plays a curmudgeon. Are you saying he doesn't?
1: I'm saying... I This is my introduction to Warren Oates. That's what I'm saying. I've oh, never... So I, I remember the name and Warren...
0: the... A lot of Warren Oates movies, he plays a curmudgeon, and in this film, he doesn't. He plays this sort of fatherly, nice guy, and that's what the film does. In what
1: uh, What films are the uh, curmudgeon in? Just so I can watch him, because I've never, I've, I don't, I'm not familiar with Warren Oates' uh, filmography personally. I
0: think the big one I'm thinking of is Tulane Blacktop. Right? He's, he's very. Uh, oh,
1: I gotta rewatch. I saw that when I was young. I don't remember is, his. Face. Let me just. You know what I
0: mean? I'll, I'll triple check that he's in. Yeah, he's in Tulane Blacktop. I guess um, I haven't seen, I think Wild Bunch, he's pretty curmudgeon I I don't really remember that movie. That oh, way. he's in the
1: Wild Bunch. That's a great movie, too. Well, what do you he's, think of that movie? he's in
0: an, uh, I haven't seen it in a really long time. Probably haven't seen it in 20 years. Okay. Sleeping right. Dogs, I think he's also, he's he's this... I don't uh, think I've seen that. Uh, Sleeping Dogs is a film for New Zealand. He plays this sort of military guy. So I don't know. war notes tends to okay. play kind of he- a curmudgeon guy. In this film, it's, oh. it's beautiful how he's Used in this this very
1: warm father, yeah, because yeah, it it inverts his uh, it, it people's interpretation of him, I guess. That, for you, that's, I guess, right? that's
0: what happened for me when I was watching. I was like, "Oh wow, this is an uh, interesting way to use war notes." So you went into this whole digression about Cheyenne Social Club, which had nothing to do with my point. So
1: no, it does because uh, the friendship that Henry Fonda and James Stewart have in that one is very brotherly. To me, in westerns, that's a thing. Like I don't know, people like like to make it like homosexuality. All these other, I haven't gone into that literature, but to me that. That friendship is very often like you know in westerns, and it came up in this one, and that yes. kept me engaged you know yes, that Warren Oates is character in this oh man he that's he all well friendship. and good, it
0: has nothing to do with my point about War notes being used in the film so the the the, okay. the the whole the whole thing where War notes becomes the father the sort of father figure in a sense, just with one little scene about the candy you know that little moment where they he just yeah, sort of that was nice. yeah. This little girl and Fonda is this weird, distant character. And what's really cool about the right. way the film develops from there is it pushes that crisis of, of Peter Fonda's character even further by, by extending the crisis of not only is he not fitting in with his family, but his wife has had this reputation of sleeping with a lot of men. And it's really beautiful the way the film pushes that to a very extreme conclusion in which he confronts her about it and that enables them to actually get along better and so the film continually sets up something and then destroys it for you and it's really beautiful the way each progression does that we have the the, the kid in california he's gonna he's gonna go or the kid that's gonna go to california he's killed fonda is on the trail with them then he's gonna go home he goes home he's gonna be a husband it's not working uh he's he's gonna he he's got this wife that he can't possibly, you know, have a relationship with. She explains herself and it ends up working. Warnotes is going to be a part of their life. He's gone. You know, every the, the the film keeps keeps these stages going until finally But in your mind,
1: man, like this this character Warnotes in my mind wasn't going to stay there forever. He kept asking, "How do you feel about it, man?" like to uh to the other character and and he didn't in my mind establish himself as going to be like a, someone who's going to stick around forever because Peter Fonda's character and you're not going to like this point how did you feel about Peter Fonda's acting because I did not like it oh
0: Peter Fonda's amazing I, it, in this movie it, it was, this is this is the only time I think in Peter Fonda's acting where I saw Shea, and I, I don't mean this. It's particular. This isn't like his best performance ever. Maybe it's maybe his best performance is the Limey that I've seen. Maybe this is better. I don't know.
1: Oh, but, it was Limey was great. Yeah.
0: So, but but in this film, he's just this. He's this broken boy, and you're just watching this broken little boy just pout his way through the situation. Um, and and I see. And he also, before that, though, he seems to have that almost Clint Eastwood-like stoicism. Oh, come on.
1: We see... see... that's what pulled me out. He's too Clint Eastwood, and I might be, I hope this isn't racist, he just looks like Clint Eastwood too hard, man. And it might be the Richard Dreyfuss thing, where the other character looks like Richard Dreyfuss. I've seen too many movies for me to, like, take as much as what you've taken out of this film.
0: You see what I mean? No, what do you say that again?
1: I've lost it. I, I don't know what I said, but I'm, I'm saying Peter Fonda looked so much like Clint Eastwood that that's it pulled me out. I didn't take out of that acting that he was a little boy no, and all this not stuff until first. First,
0: until planned. there
1: Bloom's character came in and yes, then like the story exactly. you know kicked off. Wait, and even then, like he was just a weak man. He wasn't that deeply wounded, you know. The way no, I think not you deeply feel like wounded. No, you don't see.
0: you're... You're just you're not on the You're saying the boy's an immature. Yeah. So first we meet him, and he has a he has a Clint Eastwood like stoicism, and we think he's kind of a tough guy.
1: That he, he assumes, also has a Clint Eastwood beardism. Yeah, he's
0: got a Clint Eastwood yeah. beard, and he's got this kind of stoic, laconic vibe to him, where he's he kind of just doesn't he doesn't you know he seems to have been around the track enough times that he kind of right. sees what's happening, and then yeah he. he
1: does not imply like he's seen it all? That, yeah. that I did get. And then he's, especially weirdly... when he cuts the line and that woman goes out, off to, down the river. Was, was that a metaphor? What was it a metaphor for?
0: That that's an introduction into a harsh world. When he says to Verna Bloom that when she is okay with Warren Oates leaving, he's and he says to her, "It's cold out there. You know what I mean? If you're all alone,
1: yeah, we absolutely can, yeah. we
0: can we can go back to that little girl." Because thats but
1: I thought from that line, I thought he meant that like he cared more for Warren Oates than like it it, it turned it went back to which again Vera Bloom in this film redeemed the movie like Warren Oates was great, but Vera Bloom's storyline redeemed the film for me because no, her it's di- really like funny. the it's thing, really funny, the centerpiece man. of the film for me like the trailer told you the whole story basically except for the thing that like was the heart of the film which was. When she said to him, to to Peter Fonda, that, like, some men look for that friendship and they don't know it. Like, they don't know that that's what they're looking for, but they find it. He's like, you bringing him here is like you bringing another woman into my house and saying, we're going to give a room and board. Do you understand? Like, that's what I got out of it. His caring for Warno's leaving.
0: Hold on, hold on. You're saying that her character, which is the plot of the movie redeems the uh, movie, dialogue
1: man. i'm saying that that that
0: speech right but that's the movie that's what the movie is that's what the movie's about that's why it's a great film <laughs> like i don't understand what you're uh, saying Oh, but
1: i didn't get that out of the opening shot you got great film out of the opening shot from your argument Listen, from the, yeah, i have like, seen
0: a, a, lot a lot of 10 movies. minutes ago i've seen a lot of movies okay i can't <laughs> think
1: of as wait many, let's I, establish you're watching all the 1001 movies before you die right
0: I'm trying to watch. That's one guiding thing. I have a lot of movies that I just oh. to watch. so I've seen See, a lot of movies. has
1: been a Simon for years. Don't knock it off. That's no, no, a no, no, no. Great no, no, no.
0: That's 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 good. I don't You're know not how that, many that people is, have done that. The thing that's great about that list, about the thousand one movies to watch before you die, is that that got uh, me off of only watching films that I that were like auteur. You know, like that. I watched. "Quote unquote lower brow movies because of that list because films that I didn't necessarily wait. What kind of give
1: me examples of lower brow movies? What do you think is a low? Well, no,
0: no, like that have a reputation for being lower low brow. Maybe like a Jerry Lewis stuff or like you know there are a lot of these films that are not art movies but they're important films or like um, uh, what's the Holly Golightly movie uh, uh, um, with uh, with uh, Audrey Hepburn? You know there are these films that are pop films. That I kind Breakfast to Tiffany's? Yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's. There are films that are on that ah. list that I'm just like I'm watching Ozu and Mizoguchi and Tarkovsky all the time and that got me. Yeah, but all that. these movies aren't they on the one thousand and one list? I would presume they would be. Some of them are not 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 like their whole filmography or anything. So like yeah, because I don't think
1: you're far off the mark. I think you're doing what you were pursuing to begin with, except in a more clearer form with this list. No, which no, I think is actually the, pretty no, noble, Thou- You know, no, no, thousand
0: one movies no. is not like <laughs> it's not like the Criterion collection or anything. It's got a
1: lot of well, very that's pop another films. route to take. But I think this is similar. a si- very similar route. No, a thousand no, and one movies. And you don't mean...
0: understand it. You don't understand. You oh, actually look- what's, you have what's to, the motive You have to actually look at the list to understand. Understand why I'm interested in it because I'm going to see Kubrick and no, it also have to be in your head
1: because your head—I have no idea what's going on in there, and I don't think you know what's going on in mine. But it, I think you think you do, no, which I don't. troubles I me. Definitely don't. Oh, so, it troubles me. So, uh,
0: nobody it knows trouble. what's going on in your head. That's the problem. Ow. So, so no, I I think the thing is is that you know you you, you there are films that are popular films that aren't considered masterpieces of cinema. And when you watch them, sure. and I I tend to watch movies that are considered masterpieces of cinema by some French person. And so I was trying to get out of that mode. And I was trying to get into Well, not the mode just
1: any French person. I presume don't put yourself down like that, some French person, probably like Truffaut or something. But one the, of those critics. But
0: my my point about about the 1001 movies list that's that why I find it to be a really terrific list is because You'll you'll watch yeah you'll watch you know like the the, the sort of highbrow stuff but you'll watch like one that. one movie I haven't seen on the list that I really need to watch and I'm very curious to watch because I think I saw a lot okay. of it years ago uh, and haven't seen it since is um, the Towering Inferno, which is like a representation. Oh, of 70s disaster movies now i wouldn't have thought like oh i really need to see towering inferno but that's what's good about thousand one movies list is like you know i really should see that movie so out of your head right well it just takes you out of the idea of like okay i have to only see these auteur type movies but um Uh, but so the 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 point i'm making with hired hand is i've seen a lot of movies i and i would say that of the opening great openings of cinema i would rank this shot or that opening as, I I would put it up against any movie. Like, what are your top? If you could think of your top five openings of films, what would? No, you
1: I don't have a top five. Oh, anything? No, no. I to, love What are stuff.
0: your okay? When somebody says, "What's a great opening to a movie?" What's a, what's what's a great opening? Yeah, what's for you? know,
1: what's a great opening movie? Jaws. You ever seen that? The woman flailing in the water. That's a great opening for a film.
0: Okay, so that's your. What what's another great opening <laughs> of a of a film for you? I would say. Look, the man, my argument is
1: it's a great story. It's a not a very great film. Like you're saying, film. I'm saying story. The story is great. The film is is okay. That's my argument.
0: Right, and that's an I mean? opening
1: shot. Ridiculous, uh, ridiculous argument. If I could think of a great opening shot, uh, Repo Man has got a No, no, it's just a great movie. I, I'm terrible at this. I can't think on the spot. Go on. You 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 take your turn. Go ahead.
0: No, I'm just saying. Like I like this. I think it's an amazing opening shot. And then and the, the other things in the movie, like that shot late in the film when when uh, only Warren Oates is coming back, and they do that beautiful, brilliant tracking shot where it's her looking out, and the camera tracks fully around her all the way back to. That's what reveals it's just Warren Oates coming back with her in the foreground and him off in the distance. It's
1: beautiful. It's like, yeah. that's some of the best you cinematography. The story ever. was like great because she's oh, that is the filmmaking though where she, where, what's his face up, uh, Peter Fonda rode out on one horse and took the other, you know, took the other one and then the reverse happens where, War- where Warren shows up with the other horse. I thought that was a great scene scene, but I don't know if it was a great shot. You know what no, I mean? No,
0: that shot is one of the best shots in movie history as well. There are like four or five oh, shots in this wrong. movie Sorry. that are some of the best shots ever. Like it's like Vilmo Zygmunt, he he does stuff in McCabe and Miss Miller that's unreal. I think this beats it. oh he does, stuff, he does that too. I didn't know that. He does stuff in Long Goodbye that's absolutely amazing as well. Like him in the early seventies that
1: that's also a well directed movie
0: in my opinion. Him Vilmo Zygmunt in the early seventies was doing about his good work as any cinematographer in the history of movies. This is an example of it. And the thing is, is that I think it's really interesting. Okay, I'll give you an example of who you sound like. John Cassavetes... Oh,
1: no. no, Don't talk about me. What are you... All right, go ahead. John I'm Cassavetes, curious. John Cassavetes
0: has this thing about how when he saw uh, A Place in the Sun, he hated Montgomery Clift in it. He just thought Montgomery Clift was awful. And the reason that he realized that Montgomery Clift was making him feel so upset is that Montgomery Cliff's acting, he was doing things that was making John Cassavetes uncomfortable. And he transitioned from saying, I hate this, to, oh, he was just making me feel things and that's what I hate. And I think it's really interesting of all the films for you to call, you know, say it's not well made. It's I'm not really interesting. I hate this film, by no, the way. No, no, well, but you're saying you hate the things about it that are exactly the kind of things. I hate. Well, are the am, thing- okay stop stop but stop lingering on what words i'm actually saying and go with the meaning of what i'm talking about i'm saying that the hired hand is making a film in a way that you desperately want to be able to do you desperately want to be able to make a trippy uncompromising arty film and this film accomplishes the kind of thing, and it's, it does the kind of things that Lars von Trier tries to do and does not succeed the level of this movie. It tries to do the things that Harmony Corinne tries to do that probably don't succeed to this level. Like, this is the gold standard for trippy, avant garde, hardcore, tour. watch this because it's beautiful style cinema. I, I think that that's why you are reacting the way to it, that you are. Because you're like, oh my God, this guy is stealing my thunder. That I think that that you are taking, you're saying that the things you like about the movie are the things that everybody likes about the movie. They're obvious, right? It's a it's a really <laughs> wonderful story. It's a really good screenplay. This writer, by the way, he also wrote Night Moves, which is another film that is super advanced. I gotta advanced.
1: watch that. King Hackman's in that. Yeah,
0: that is one of the most yeah. advanced movies ever made, actually, as well. That movie, watch that. The, between The Higher Hand and Night Moves, this guy has like this guy is as good as it gets in terms of writing um so to me
1: look i think you're right and hate is a strong word no, i would not dislike, use hate dislike this film
0: dislike whatever you want to Thank call you. it Or annoyed by i, I was,
1: want to, i'd rather call it dislike than
0: hate right, personally right i'm not i'm not yeah i the only thing I, I can... And I what you're shoot. angry
1: about is that I don't feel the same way you do about this film. It's not... And I'm it's not saying you're angry because you're explaining not angry.
0: But you had, sound angry. No, I'll tell you why I'm angry. I, it's really because the way you think about this movie is exactly the opposite, knowing you of what you should think. <laughs> what you should but think is... Should you, think.
1: Should, you should... This is based on like what you know about me. Is yeah, this, right yeah, The, the your, concession... Yeah, point. Yeah, 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 your tastes... Yeah. <laughs>
0: Your taste. <laughs> what you should have said to me about this movie is I really liked it until it turned into a normal movie. You know what I mean? Like, you should have been really. Wait, hey, no. The it was a
1: normal movie before. It, it was a 70s schlock film until Vera Balloon shows up, and then it turned into a good film. Schlock? Not a great film, a good film. And then Warner is in the whole thing, which makes it even better than a good film. I would give it three stars and a half. I probably gave it four stars, but you know what? You're attacking me. This is the this is my retort. <laughs> so,
0: so uh, there's a really uh, years ago, I would say about 20 years ago, a, a critic named Philip Lopate, who I think is also he's more of a film scholar than a critic. I think Philip Lopate right. uh, wrote uh, in the New York Times this this um, what you would call a think piece. And oh, it, I love it! I love a good think piece. And it was yeah you would love a good thing, and it's it was uh, don't
1: talk <laughs> the New Yorker. <laughs>
0: it was it was in the in defense of um, this this movie, The Thin Red Line, the Terrence Malick movie. He wrote a, a oh yeah a, a defense of The Thin Thin Red Line, and he was talking about how in if you watch Thin Red Line you know that he was saying how people have said you know the overly ponderous nature of this movie and how you can't even tell <laughs> you can't even tell the difference between one voice over to the next and philip lopate's point was yeah that's the whole point of the
1: movie that's is that that's too common man that's too that's not roger ebert you know, i'll tell you that much
0: so he would, no no but he was saying that this is what people are saying to say this movie is bad and he was saying no that's the point of the movie and he compared it to the mizoguchi film sancho the bailiff and he he uh, I haven't seen that. He put it in the lineage of um of what he called meditative cinema. That this is a film that asks you to meditate upon its themes. And I think that The Hired Hand is another perfect example of meditative cinema. This is a film he, that asks It's bringing you, up
1: problematic films though because the thin red line to me wasn't that, but it was a a whole other thing. Um uh, yeah, I, I feel like pointing that out for some reason.
0: I like I like the idea that that, that uh, Thin Red Line is a problematic movie.
1: It's so fascinating no, to no, me. To critique, critique, to critique. It's a problematic film to critique. I should have finished that then. What do you mean,
0: to critique? How is it problematic to critique?
1: Personally, I read a lot about that film before I saw it, and all that I read made me think big things about the film when I saw it. That's what trained me to think about not watching films if I'm not in the mood, because if, not, if I'm not in the right mood, I'm going to misinterpret a lot of the things that's going on because my brain is too turned on. And a, good, a great film for me turns off my brain, gets me involved in the story, and engages me so hard that I can't get out of it. And I'm only thinking of the story until the credits roll. And the film is so great, I have to sit through the credits until the very end because that's what I owe to the filmmakers of the movie. So that's what makes a great film. That is the nothing one like... Knowing Oh, look, this is another one. This is why it's pro- probably why I have my opinion is that I know a lot about Easy Rider and I haven't seen it, and I know this is his directorial debut, uh, Peter Fonda's, and I felt after watching the last movie, which I'd seen recently, that a lot of the editing recalled um, Dennis Hopper's stuff, which he probably employed in Easy Rider, which is uh, that's uh, that's homework too. That's I can't watch that film because it's too. Historically important or something—I don't know. I should have watched it when I was younger. But Peter Fonda's editing in this film, edited—you know—the um, opinion of this film corresponded with Dennis Hopper's films, and that was problematic, probably, which probably knocks at some points. And that's not intentional. That's only what I'm realizing now. You know what I mean?
0: Um. So I guess the 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 your description of what makes a movie great to you, in terms of like, oh, it's got this really engaging story and involved. I, the, I think that's a very uh, specific kind of great film, perhaps. I mean, I also would think that...
1: I think also that's what makes Roger Ebert great, in my opinion. But I also, I
0: think that's not... That's I,
1: right I, way. You know? I,
0: I think there are movies like that that I wouldn't even consider great. Like, there are films that I, I, I've i seen that did that for me that I wouldn't even consider great. You know what I mean? Like the, No, they, but you
1: have your own personal list of greats. I don't think that's a... I mean, if you made a list of what you felt was great, it would be your list and your feelings. It no, would be no, to the personality her, of the human. No, no, no. <laughs> hold on, hold on,
0: hold on. No? You're not talking about you're not talking about what movies. You're just talking about a mode of watching. And I'm just saying your mode of watching uh, is very specific. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you, guess you have right. a specific standard. And to me, there that the standard that you're employing is not even a standard I look at for greatness. I mean, I think there. Are well, kinds, I wouldn't
1: look at it if. The film opened with a great shot, which I felt this was.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think the thing that's interesting about it is, it's, oh. like, it's like it's like. Well, to me, I mean, that hooked me about the movie. You're I'm engaged just like, from the
1: opening shot. I feel like you're a really slim audience. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you feel the same way. What do you feel about that?
0: I don't care. You you you're presupposing that I have to care that my opinions are shared or not.
1: Well, why did you? Why why did you? Uh, uh, choose this film for this podcast?
0: Because, number one, it's underseen. This is I, a film that should I be agree. more... It, it should be... It should have the legacy that McCabe and Miss Miller does, which it. it That's they, true. I they, agree with that. They sure. came out the same year and and yeah. you know, the same genre, exact same sub-genre, yeah. and McCabe and Miss Miller, everybody talks about what a masterpiece it is, and this film nobody's heard of it you know what I mean? comparatively
1: but it just bombed and it was suppressed or did it just bomb and it became a cult classic no,
0: i i don't know i don't care i'm just saying that d- d- for whatever reason like i don't
1: know reason, about the movie like the post film you know no i
0: i i think that this is the one of those movies that like you know, I, I'll i give you two other films that I actually recently, or one film that I recently watched, one film that has a similar brilliance to it that I'm getting into really controversial territory here. Um, so, like, they Man, say...
1: Matt, Ambrosio, the most controversial figure at the Lumiere.
0: Right, exactly. So they, they say that Michael Mann is the new Brian De Palma, where, like, Brian De Palma... Good Lord, Michael Mann. Go on. I'm Brian sorry. De Palma used to have these, like devotees i mean he probably still does who are like this guy is a genius and nobody gets him and now it's really shifted snake eyes, right what
1: snake eyes right
0: snake eyes yeah sure whatever it is D- but um okay. what are you joking about what movies brian de
1: palma no no i'm done? asking what uh, brian i'm reestablishing what brian de palma directed he's popular probably for snake eyes for uh, No, scarface. what scarface
0: yeah. what's known then? He's he's known for Mission Impossible, Scarface, Carlito's uh, Way, uh, Blowout. Is the Blowout's the reason that Taralto got cast in Pulp Fiction, for instance? Um, he's known for Sisters, which is a really great film. People really like is Phantom great. of Paradise. I'm not a huge fan, but you know he's. That's he's, all right. That's a good film. Um, so anyway, I see. Okay, so people, yeah. Yeah, but, but, put but, this but Michael Michael Mann now is occupying what Brian De Palma used it, which is he's got this devote these devotees. I am one of these devotees, right. so yes. So hired hand is kind of similar to Miami Vice, where it's like Miami Vice is a movie that is like you know. You
1: should state here that you are like more than what you mentioned. You are an utmost disciple. To this man, Michael Mann. Oh, well, there are I'm three, not the only one. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're not the only one, but you're definitely the only one on this fucking podcast.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, that's... like when you when you are one of those people who loves michael mann like you could just talk to anybody else who loves michael mann and it's an immediate language because he's doing things he's it's a very Uh. similar thing he did in miami vice that that uh peter fonda here is doing here with hired hand is he's taking a well-known genre and he's just layering on top of that a film that is an aesthetic adventure just like doing whatever the heck he wants uh, just to express himself, and he doesn't care about your presupposed, you know, your, your preconceived notions about what a movie is supposed to be, what a western's supposed to be, what a, a crime, a police procedural is supposed to be. He's just
1: making. It sounds like you're, you're describing the director of Transformers, man. You know.
0: I don't know what that means.
1: Although it I means will say, that I'm strong a pain a about Michael Mann to like finish what I have to say about Michael Mann, and versus you especially. We have to dedicate a whole podcast. I'm going to finish watching Michael Mann's discography, I mean filmography as a homework and then we're going to discuss Michael Mann on one of these podcasts cuz I'm pretty sure we have an hours worth of conversation regarding <laughs> I, sure do. well, I don't know Mann. why you're
0: what are you talking about? Why did you bring up Transformers? I don't
1: know either. I'll finish watching this because is Michael Mann for you is You so know that Michael Mann didn't direct Transformers. I don't, Transformers. Get it. I don't yeah, I want to get it so bad, and I don't get it. And Heat is such a good movie, and everything else for some uh, I've seen. But why did Look, you bring I'll up Michael Bay? Was, Michael Bay is another. No, uh, but why did you no, bring no, no, up?
0: No, no. You brought up Transformers as though Michael. May oh, because been. you were
1: describing the guy who doesn't care about blah blah blah, and he you were describing Michael Bay. You know, oh. he could have been. No. Like, if, if he's that awesome. Wait, why? Well, because that is, that's how strongly it, I feel about Michael Mann. I would put him down as hard as I can. And for some reason, Michael Bay—no offense, Mr. Michael Bay—you uh, know I, his films are just not good, great for me. Yeah, well, I, I which in Michael Mann's films, they're beyond great. They're almost transcendental.
0: They are transcendent. Uh, so you see what I mean. So, this no, is a I, whole I was other actually, conversation. I recently watched, properly watched Bad Boys for the first time ever, and it is uh, fascinating. It's a fascinating film. That's a film. good movie,
1: but... No, because uh, it's not, it's not, it's not even a just Film just and that, movie become a thing, and I become a dilettante. You know?
0: It's not even just that it's like... It's, it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a reasonably engaging action comedy. Who cares? But there's this weird element to, to that movie in particular, in Michael Bay's work, where he is so unbound by, like, any any notion of normal filmmaking, that, like, he'll cut to a... Like, he'll have, like, a beautiful shot of, like, a palm tree with moonlight, and then he'll cut to, like, a super normal shot of just, like, a cop getting out of a car, and then he'll cut to, a, like, a gun firing. And there there's a... A point there where I'm like, yeah, maybe Michael Bay has it in him to be an artist or something, but he's just—he's just—it's—it's it's all sort of a savant thing. He's not really like a- actually aware. Uh,
1: Mike, of... Michael Man territory is it?
0: Not Michael. I mean, Michael Mann is one of the great film artists. If you—if you know <laughs> what he's doing, you know. If you really listen, if you're Michael,
1: are listening, I—I don't mean any offense at all. It's my opinion. I, I'm terrible at people. I—I I have to finish your filmography. I love half your films at least. But I just don't feel as strongly for you as Peter does. Peter loves you, man. I don't know how that works.
0: Well, Michael Mann has a very. Dev- I have I have five or six friends who obsess over Michael Mann. You know, like yes, it's just you do. A thing, yes, no we, matter. So I
1: also admire like you. Like no, I'm not putting like I'm. That's what fascinates me about you as a friend, especially just that your opinions are so beyond anything that would occur to me. I'm intrigued so hard. I want to. I want to study you guys, like Darwin and the and the Galapagos Islands. I, I want to have a notebook and and jot everything down. I want a recorder. I want to be Hunter Thompson and drink through it. I because mean, it's going to be like hard work. But I have to get. you Guys are just so out there for me personally. As just you know, that's what you guys. I love film but when you with you guys I love movies. I cannot love film the way you guys talk about film. You guys know for some reason what words to use and it sounds like analysis and what words I use I use words like like and like stuff and like you know. I just cannot put to words what you guys do and that I mean yes. I want to talk about Michael Mann with you and you know possibly Three or four of your, you know, devotees that, you know, I don't know, the, the uh, Michael Mann devotees from the film club we'll have or whatever.
0: a Michael Mann symposium at some point. You
1: know, I have thought about oh, well, this. have two ha- hours. Trust me, if you guys are willing. One, I have a lot to talk about, One man. day,
0: I would like to do a thing where I do a, a Michael Mann, like, retrospective. Roundtable? No, a Michael Mann retrospective at the theater where we don't – it's not just – that we play his movies. We find the short film of his, I think it's called John pory that, that screened at Cannes in like nineteen sixty nine or something. We we get right. the, the the episode of Miami Vice that he's shepherded. He didn't technically direct it, but the the, 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 right. the it's pure Michael Mann. He he definitely was just like, No, 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 it's gotta be that. Do that, make sure you do that. And, you know, like every little thing he ever did. The episodes of luck that he directed. Just we just do a full retrospective, and then maybe after every every you know screening, it's just me screaming at the audience about how you don't understand how beautiful and brilliant all of this stuff is. So maybe I don't know.
1: We'll see. Hey, to bring it back to the hired hand, I actually did a retrospective of the hired hand. I watched the hired hand directed by Peter Fonda, right? But then I watched the hired hand with George Montgomery. And it was a, an episode of Cimarron City, 50 minutes long or something like this. And it was called The Hired Hand. It was, uh, it was much more action-y than The Hired Hand directed by Peter Fonda. But then after after the Cimarron City episode, which I'm pretty sure was an episode of TV, uh, I watched The Hired Hand with Paul Perrot, But, like, that's French, so I'm pretty sure it's Paul Perot. But there's two... R's and two T's, I don't know how to pronounce that, which was an interesting short film, sort of akin to like Buster Keaton kind of stuff. Very silly, and, you know, to think that, uh, I recently watched Dimples with Shirley Temple, and it had blackface in it, and I was very upset. Uh, this film had a black kid in it, which I thought was like redeeming, and it made me think of how French people have been more accepting of black people, but I'm sure there's still racism everywhere. Nevertheless, the hired hand with Paul Perrot is available on YouTube. Just Google uh, "The Hired Hand YouTube" and it'll take you to the YouTube site. It's it was a it was a very interesting watch if you like films. Uh, and, you know that's not, that's the end of that.
0: It's just kind of fine, kind of fascinating too because there's there's a lot to talk to talk about with the movie The Hired Hand. But I feel like <laughs> this this episode at least has the benefit of being an entertaining drama for the listeners. So if any.
1: I, I, I'm hoping this is what the podcast is going to, you know, eventually become. It's just going to be a, a compilation of arguments that are so exciting you have to hear the next one, you know. All right. Frankly, mm-hmm. if I could name-drop people, the uh, half in the bag on the YouTubes is pretty darn good. I, it's movie criticisms that are pretty uh, darn interesting. That Even movies I don't want to watch, I'll watch their, uh, you know, critiques about. And movies that I do want to watch, I'll pause at the beginning and just watch the film all and right, go back all to right, them. They're all I like our podcast too. Our argument I'm, is, uh, I am down. I think we all we both very, feel, very much so, feel strongly about the way we, you know, we love movies.
0: Thank you for joining us, um, and uh, hopefully you watch the hired hand and then listen to this argument about it and uh, enjoy it. Reader. All right. Well, see you next week. Bye bye.